This is the 919 Beer Podcast on 99.9 The Fan. Brought to you by Biracana Craft Beer and Music Festival on Saturday, September 10th. Tickets at Biracana.com. Now here are your hosts for the 919 Beer Podcast, Joe Ovius, Adam Eshbaugh, and Wayne Holt. Welcome to the 919 Beer Podcast. Joe Ovius from 99.9 The Fan in Raleigh, North Carolina. Adam Eshbaugh and Wayne Holt from 919 Beer. We will check in with Ian Van Gundy of White Street Brewing in just a little bit. They have a new beer in bottles right now called Emmelin. It's a Belgian-style blonde. Looking forward to that. Big thanks to the Mason Jar Tavern for bringing in food today. Buffalo chicken egg rolls, corn fritters, pimento cheese, which, by the way, Adam, the pimento cheese needs to be in a sandwich. Well, it is in a few of them. It's ridiculous. It is very good, isn't it? Very good. Also, had the corn and black bean salsa, which I'm a fan of. I'm also a fan of the chips, man. The chips are... We make the chips every day in-house. You know how you are about IPAs? Yeah. Fresh, right? And you dig the chips. I'm like that about the chips. Well, fresh chips. Fresh chips. Definitely where it's at. A couple things that are going on that I want to mention, uh, including Biracana. You can go buy your tickets because guess what? It's next weekend. So go to beercona.com. They're all set right now with 73 breweries. Maybe next week we actually, in the during the podcast, no guests, we'll just run down all 73. Yeah, like slowly. It's going to be like a three-and-a-half-hour podcast. No, it's a do like you did last year when you tried to cover them all in that was the first 30 year. seconds yeah, or something. You, oh, yeah, you yeah, made yeah, me say yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah, interrupted I, I me, tried yeah. to get you to, uh, to do all bre- uh, breweries within a minute, and uh, you were not able to do it because we ran out of time. It was a minute-long commercial. But um, definitely uh, definitely tune in next week. We'll, we'll actually run down most of the breweries so you get an idea of what to look forward to. But buy your tickets and go get those VIPs because with the VIP ticket, you get in a full two hours before the unwashed masses. And you can just kind of freely move about Sug Farm Park in Holly Springs. And if you want to find out about all the breweries that are there without having, listening to us talk about it, go to beeracana.com slash brewery. Bre- breweries. You could also download the, the Beeracana app on your smartphone for the iPhone and Android devices. Um, a couple other things that are Beeracana related you guys need to catch us up on or... Yes, no? Well, there are a couple uh, of things, and we're going to start, and we haven't actually figured out exactly how we're going to do this, but it's going yeah, to most likely be one. a Facebook promotion. Well, this is how we do this. We just figure all these yeah, things out on the air. Well, especially when just it's- talk it out, man. Just yeah, talk it out, talk bro. It out. Come on, man. But we're going to do a like and share <laughs> contest, and we have three actual prizes for that. One is being donated by Buffalo Niagara Visitors and Convention Bureau. Two nights at an NBC Suites, gift certificates to several of the breweries up there. Uh, we, as BeerCon, are going to cover probably a, a dollar amount of the airfare. We haven't decided that yet. Adam's got to talk to our travel agent to see what, how to make that happen. Official BeerCon travel agent. But probably like a $400 voucher for airfare. Uh, so it'll be a nice little trip up to Buffalo. And they've got a, an emerging beer scene up there. It's, uh, it's coming along. They've got some, mm-hmm. some cool spots up there. And then uh, Kendra Pendlin, who is the executive director of the Asheville Brewers Alliance, uh, which is pretty much all the Western North Carolina breweries, Asheville right. area and West. And they've got, I guess, probably 40-plus breweries that are members. She has put together a package uh, for Asheville where there'll be two nights stay, and she's going to do a tour of the South Slope. There'll be some food and beer involved. Uh, and then the other one is uh, what we did last year, where we did the behind-the-scenes tour of the Funkatorium with Walt. Walt has graciously agreed to do that again this year. 
and we will put together a, a package uh, where we'll go up and take you guys on that, and then we'll do a tour of the South Slope as well. So um, there'll be three winners, yep. uh, one for each of those. And, again, it's much like it's going to be all on Facebook, and it'll be a like and share situation, and we'll pick one of the people that uh, likes and shares. No purchase necessary. There's another thing that you guys got going on here, too, uh, going on next Monday. Got a golf tournament. Uh, 12 Oaks to benefit the Holly Springs. Uh, well, that's you guys, the Mason Jar Tavern guys. Okay, yeah. you, you, you guys. You yes. Uh, Point, uh, with the Holly, Joe's uh, pointing at me, just Holly in case Springs you couldn't see him. But that's the covered. Monday after Mary That's the Monday after. That's the Monday yep. after. Right. Okay. Yes. That, that's what I was saying. Yep. Next Monday. Not mm-hmm. this upcoming okay. Monday, not so, Labor Day so Monday, here's but So here's your schedule Monday. of events next week. Saturday is Beer Con. Yes. Sunday is the cookout and silent auction yeah. at the Mason Jar Tavern, $10 per person. Okay. And then Monday is the golf tournament, 12 12 Oaks is $100 per person. All proceeds go to the Holly Springs Food Cupboard. And you can sign up at themasonjartavern.com. Awesome. Yeah, I wanted it'll to, be a good time. I wanted to point that out. Please. Okay, so let's get to uh, the Brew Public stash from the following week. Uh, I wanted to try the Ted Light Lime. Dude, but my brother snagged it. <laughs> it was it your was, beer. It was lined wow. That was I your got, beer. I had essentially like a little, a little sampler. Uh, a it was flight, really good. I had a flight glass, of and it, it was a pint. It was a, it was it a was. sixteen ounce it was can. A full on, a full on. My brother ended up drinking it. Um, I enjoyed it. You know, because we actually had, I, we had fajitas on. I Sunday. almost texted you about it to say, "Dude, this is your beer." We had we had fajitas on Sunday, so my brother, like, what goes with fajitas? I go. Boom. Ted Light Lime. Ted so Light Lime. Basically, so Farmer Ted is is Catawba's cream ale. Yeah. N- named from Farmer Ted from Sixteen Candles, mm-hmm. actually, which is pretty funny. Anthony Michael Hall's character for those of you '80s babies like like us. Um, and so this was like they added lime and, it was and limey just made, on it, it, made it was a joke limey, of it. It was good. And they're like, hey, we all begrudgingly uh, <laughs> sometimes want these beers, but it was really tasty. I well, thought. And and. My initial reaction was, if I had a taco, this would be phenomenal. It would be perfect. That's, why I, I that's why I had it with the fajitas. But I didn't perfect. have a taco. But it's know. a 90 degree plus beer, too. Yeah, it is. Like, if it's like it 90 degrees, I was drinking it while I was cooking on the grill it. Tuesday night. It was 90 plus. Okay. And plus, okay. I'm standing over a 500 degree not feeling big it. green egg. So, so, so not you, feeling you, it. Had, you, you needed the taco. You didn't so care for it. I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling it. Also, I thought it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed the Almanac Pilsner. The Almanac Pilsner was fantastic. It was sessionable. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe we'll talk to Ian about that. And I, the uh, the hop knife was also it was okay. I enjoyed all a, three of the. I other thought hop knife really was great. Did. Of I, I really, in fact, I told Kelly that this is probably one of the uh, top to bottom one of the better weeks mm-hmm. as yeah, far I as beers so that I liked. And again, the the lime Ted would have been fine if I'd have had a taco, a burrito, or something. Right. That's just racist. No nah, man, it would have been it would have been really good. Well, and then that <laughs> that champion stick in my IPA. I yeah, the, I love champions. It's, it's a rye IPA. Okay. Um, they do they it's their beer. They do with no eff- no effects. Actually, I did see that. Uh, mm-hmm. Who I had a friend of mine back in high school that would refer to the band as Nofix. He actually oh. thought that was the name of the band. I'm like, no, no. Well, you can call it that. No, it's no effects, bro. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Um, so I had somebody uh, introduce themselves to me a while back, and and I hear nine one one podcast all the time. So. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that's a different kind of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a so, different. It's one. kind of like cops, but it's a uh, uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, also rescue nine one one. Do you remember that? Yeah, I also went over to. I also went over to uh, Linwood Brewing Concern because Kelly had never been. So uh, we went over to the one on Whitaker Mill, and yeah. I had they they had just tapped their Australian 
uh, IPA, Australian style. Yeah, IPA. I haven't had that one yet. Actually, for I know for IPAs, though, I actually did. They have any hubris left? No, okay. I don't think they did. That's what everybody wants. I know. I, I don't. Everybody think they killed did. that. And yeah, hubris um, is a great beer. And also, Linwood does great things. I'm so excited did. to have them back this they year. Do. They didn't make it to BeerCon last year, but they're back this year, and I'm excited. You guys excited for football? Well, yes. what, else you guys, what else did you guys drink? Well, by the way? so I got into some older beer. Sometimes I just can't get through the Republic packs all the way. And weak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm weak. I know it. But I got into the. Um, hey, Ian, are you over there? Chime hey, in up? here. How do I pronounce it? Is triple caramelite? Caramelette? Do you know? Oh, jeez. Oh no! Wait, the, the, K- what I've learned is we're all saying it wrong, no matter who's the most right in the room. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I get that. I, th- I think Carmelite is Carmelite is good enough. I thought it was excellent. I finally had that one from Brew Public. It was a bottle they gave us a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah, really yeah. fantastic. And maybe it was because it was like midnight and I was delirious working on on beer kind of stuff. But uh, I, I really really enjoyed that. But my winner of the week. Um, I, I got a bottle of uh, North Coast 2011 Barrel Age Grand Cru mm-hmm. and um, shared that with uh, John from the Mason Jar last Saturday evening, and, and it was everything I hoped it would be. It was really fantastic. Was yeah, it, 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 it was chef, very nice. It was very nice. Yeah, the uh, the sales rep, who is now formerly the sales rep from North Coast, dropped us off a bottle a couple weeks ago, and we shared it. He said, this is for you and the owner, so we... We split that, and it was it was really really tasty. What about you guys? So I went to New Belgium for the grand opening yes, of their right. Asheville facility, mm-hmm. which also coincided with their 25 year anniversary party. So I did it all at the same time, and you know I had been to the facility before. I'd been to the Liquid Center a couple of times, and I'd actually had a a, a behind the scenes tour a few weeks ago, um, in somewhat in preparation for our podcast last week when we had the Perkins and Wills guys on. But let me tell you, New Belgium knows how to throw a party. Yeah, I talked to Ryan Beach, and he said they, it was a throwdown for it six was hours. absolutely one of the most enjoyable beer events I've ever attended. And, and I've attended a lot of beer events. We, we all have here. But it was really, really cool. Uh, it helped that we had VIP right. uh, wristbands to get in. And with that, we got beer at any station. All you had to do is walk up and show them your wristband. Uh-huh. You got free beer. But the food that they had, they had some of the top restaurants from around Asheville come out and do appetizers then they served a meal then they had dessert it was really cool and uh my daughter went uh she and her boyfriend went with with kelly took and our I. tickets joe she could've did could have right? been you and me but but I you know. playing she took those tickets and she's not a beer drinker she does like sours and of course they had all of their sours on they said basically everything they make was available there so she had a she had more beer than i've probably ever seen her drink she had probably three or four sours um but late in the evening, uh, she wanted to walk over to the bathrooms. I said, well, I'll walk with you over there. On the way back, she says, you know, Dad, I had no idea we were going to stay this long. She said, but it's been one of the best times I've had in a long time. That's great. And for a non-beer person Absolutely. to say something like it just it, it speaks to what they did for that event to entertain and to make it fun for someone who's really not into craft beer. Yeah. So it was, it was really cool. I was good. Really and you got time that. to spend with the Rachel, which is always Absolutely. Always and, and for her to say something like that after an yeah. event like that, that I really wanted to go to, and she was able to share sure it with me. Sure you weren't me. drunk and you were just hearing things. No, man. No, none yeah, of us got drunk, know. which was good. Um, 
Don't want to do that. <laughs> so Labor Day is this weekend. And I'm cooking uh, a pig. We're riding it out. Football. We, we've got Tropical Storm Hermione rolling through mm-hmm. um, with her magical wizardy you ways. You have dirt right. on your I face. You know that, right? Emma, Emma, Emma Watson. Emma Watson, is who you're yes. thinking of. Of course, yes. you're, having, you're having to talk about the later oh. years of no, the Harry No, he, he pretty universe. much means Sorcerer's Stone, Emma Watson. Don't Dude, you? Creepy. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, she's... She's definitely. She has. Talking about Emma Watson she's grown today. up. Yes. She's 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 aged nicely. Yes, she's like yes. one of your IPAs. It's, it's aged <laughs> it's nicely. Just like uh, just like a nine month old Pliny. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Like just that. for Wayne. Just for yep. Wayne. Anyway, so I got one of these uh, promotional emails from Budweiser. Oh, okay. Budweiser. Budweiser, as my grandfather used to say, uh, they did a Labor Day study and food trends. And they decided to do a uh, a poll, and they asked questions like barbecuing versus movie watching. Stop right there. Barbecuing. Wait a minute. Wait, what? Barbecuing versus movie watching. You mean grilling? Because we're in the South. Was this written from New York? Probably. Yeah. Uh, Hamburgers versus hot dogs, domestic, i.e. Budweiser, versus imported, which brews will quench thirsty Americans. (laughs) And South versus Midwest versus East versus West. What U.S. region will bring their barbecue A game? I, I hate this article already, and I haven't read it. All right, so uh, so barbecue versus movie watching. What do you think Americans will be doing I on assume we mean grilling. Yes? yes. No, no, barbecuing. Actually doing whole hog. Going whole hog. That's what they're doing. That's what I'm going to do Friday night. They actually yes. are I'm going in. whole no, hog? No, okay. they mean cooking out. They mean, they mean grilling, grilling out. out. Yes, that's what they mean. Uh, according to the survey results, uh, 214 million Americans plan to fire up the grill. That's right. Versus 115 million Americans that will watch a movie in a theater or a home. <laughs> People do that. People are like, it's Labor Day. It's time to, time time to, to watch a movie. A movie. Right. Appar- I never, thought, never crossed my mind. Really? Apparently, uh, 26% will attend a party and 23% plan on shopping. All right. Dogs, work. dogs versus burgers. Who do you think wins? Uh, In my go, house, it's burgers. I'm going to go dogs. Okay. Ac- but dogs across, win. Across the U.S., 150 million Americans, 70% of barbecue goers, as oh, they geez. say. Stop it. Uh, expect to bite into a juicy burger compared wow. to just 109 million hot Shocking. dog eaters. Uh, new trend alert. Barbecue chicken is 40%. It edges out steak at 37% and ribs at we, 32%. Now, do we mean barbecue chicken or we just mean grilled? So, so where's Barbe- that whole hog come in? Because <laughs> they called it barbecued chicken. No, 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 no. We're grilling out. Is it barbecue chicken? What are we doing here? Um, let's get to, all right, before we get to actual beer discussion, uh, barbecue love, south versus midwest versus east versus west, which Good gets Lord. a lot of people into arguments. Eastern states have the highest percentage of Labor Day barbecue plans. Okay. Oh, okay. It's like cringeworthy. So this is cookout. I thought they were actually it. talking about like actual barbecue. So, I thought, are we talking about yeah. East versus well, that's West? The thing. It's we're so talking confusing. Kansas City. We're talking about styles. I are we talking South Carolina? You're just talking about regions based? doing it, correct? No, they're actually talking about Eastern states having the highest percentage of Labor Day plans <sighs> to cook out. Oh, I yes, hate this article. Right. Who is this guy? We need to have him on. 70% of uh, respondents. Is this a Bloomberg article? No, 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 no. This was no. sent to me by Budweiser. Um, the Western <laughs> more U.S. tops the South. More reason. Uh, it's for anyway. Okay, all right. So beer. Okay, ninety-eight million Americans, forty-four percent of barbecue goers, will drink an ice cold domestic beer like Budweiser. Like Budweiser. Right. Well, I mean that it's magical how that works for, that their, for, how for works? their study. Budweiser. Uh, while only forty-nine million Americans will drink imported beers. Can I do it for the second week in a row? Yeah. What's up? What's up? What's up? 
Man, we're so dated. Oh, awesome. Uh, at a Labor Day barbecue, those drinking domestic beer like like Budweiser are yes. perceived as more genuine and approachable. America beer. 70% agree for women, 59% agree 59% agree for men. Actually, and that and that is where we will that's where this all this is where to, this this is the climax. Comes this, is, this is where it comes together. This is the part that I found the most interesting. Those drinking domestic beer like Bud or any other domestic anything that, like Budweiser, anything like Budweiser. Right. So I'll throw Miller Lite into the mix. I'll throw a PBR into the mix. Whatever uh, are perceived as Utica more Club. genuine and approachable mm. compared to those drinking imported beers, which I find kind of strange. What do we mean by imported beer? Because somebody's drinking a Corona, that's approachable. Are they drinking a Tecate? Man, we could chill out if you're drinking a Tecate. They mean um, Stella. Is that what that means? Guarantee you that's what that Heineken. means. Do you know why? Huh. Why? No. no, because it's a Budweiser article. This is an Anheuser-Busch article. Yeah. They're talking about beers in their portfolio only. <laughs> so they mean Bud products, and they mean their high-end products, yeah. which Stella is one well, of Well, it could be like Chrysler, you know, imported from Detroit. So who knows? Gotcha. Gotcha. But well, anyway, obviously Kraft has not been mentioned on that list. Well, Kraft wasn't mentioned on that list, but Kraft can tie into this because when we're talking about, because again, the, the whole point of the article is that people are going to go to cookouts. They're going to go to- You a, mean barbecues? Barbecues. And the approachability of somebody who is drinking something, uh, what you would consider fancier, versus somebody who's just got a koozie with America in it. Uh-huh. There's a little bit of a, oh, he must be one of those guys. Good. Right? That's exactly how I want you to see me. Absolutely. Is that what you want? I don't want you to approach me. All right. I enough. don't have a problem. It works out great. I don't have a problem with approachability, but it's mainly because- Well, it's you. So nobody- yeah. <laughs> I've always had a problem with approachability, exactly. so it's no longer say. a problem. That's you. <laughs> anyway. Uh, ninth Annual Pepper Fest is coming up. Yes. It's uh, going to be October 2nd. From 3 until 7 p.m. at Briar Chapel and Abundance. They are, uh, Briar Chapel and Abundance are going to be spicing things up with the largest chef competition in the state. This lineup includes pepper-themed fashion shows, kid chef competition, and of course, 50 of the state's chefs and breweries competing to craft the most creative pepper beer and food. You can find out more information at AbundanceNC.org. And yes, so we will be judges I for plan this event. On, I plan on being, you know, Super Troopers? You know, yeah, 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 you yeah. know Farva? He's like, open bar, dude! Oh, That's pretty much how I plan on us- yeah. util- utilizing my talents that evening. Fair enough. Fair enough. So Wayne, go- Wayne might drive me that day. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> That's not going to happen. I promise you I'm not driving. Nope. Listen every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. for the 919 Beer Podcast with Joe Ovius, Adam Eshbaugh, and Wayne Holt on 99.9 The Fan. Presented by Beer Econa. Let's welcome on our guest to the 919 Beer Podcast. A return from White Street Brewing, Ian Van Gundy. What's up, man? Thanks for coming hey guys. in. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is awesome. It's we're, not really a return. I mean, for he he's never been. This here. is my first time here. Well, his wife was here, so yeah. You know, she speaks for both of them. I was going to ask. She speaks for me, <laughs> and a lot. it's been a long time. And I was going to ask, where is Harmony? Um, that's a good question. I think where where is she? Yeah, where is she? Where is she like currently? Like what's she doing? Why isn't she here? And why is she here? Yeah, yeah. Currently, she's... that baby's like old enough now. You know, <laughs> baby could have driven her here. Yeah, come on now. She's doing work for All About Beer magazine. Oh, okay. Uh, well, actual work. That's, yeah. that's okay. Not like me today. We'll I'm tell sorry. her we miss her. All right. So uh, with White Street, I think most people associate your brewery with the Kolsch. Yes. Uh, the Kolsch is widely available. In fact, my brother texted me yesterday because he was having a, a very basic cookout with dogs. and Basic. It was basic. Basic AF. Uh, <laughs> basic uh, dogs and burgers and things like that. And he like presented 
I don't know. He, it was weird. He texted me this picture of like five different beers that were there, and the White Street was included. Everything else was like a blueberry. Excellent. It was like some other whatever. I'm like, dude, just yeah, not go. quite as good. I understand. Well, not quite <laughs> as good. I just said that Kolsch goes with everything. Yeah, just right. get the Kolsch. Plus, the weather uh, is perfect for it as well. So, before we talk about what uh, what's new, the MLM, uh, I do want to talk about that Kolsch. I mean, I'm assuming because that's what I see on the on the streets more often. That has to be. Your number one seller. Absolutely. Yeah, we uh, we won a World Beer Cup medal with it in 2014, and mm-hmm. that really uh, brought it into the light. Um, but also, it's it's a light, crisp beer, and uh, people love drinking beer. Mm-hmm. You know, and more and more people are savoring every every sip of a <laughs> of a really robust beer. But I think that there's always um, a large amount of people that just say, "Hey, I I can drink this in in ten minutes." I want another, and uh, you could say it's sessionable. It, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. We should just put session on the on Perfect. the label. The session, session well, no, that's your that's two point that's your Kolsch two point would be the session, <laughs> the session version. Yeah, double you don't fi- have to double change filter anything for extra sessionability. Cold, no, cold filter, in a way, and the, and the curiosity they have <laughs> as about crisp is the Wake Forest cause, Mountains because I do love I do love Kolsch, and because of of the very reasons that you just laid out. But that's not where craft beer makers tend to go with these things. They usually try to go out with heavy. They've got their IPA. That's their signature beer. Uh, I mean, maybe it's. Uh, I mean, not that I want other breweries to kind of get in on your turf, but I guess it's. Uh, it's one of the points that not all breweries have to make the same things. No, absolutely. And uh, at White Street, we we really do like beers that are sessionable. Um, mm-hmm. But our IPA is seven and a half percent, so it is one of the larger IPAs at the at, at the store. Uh, but we like to run the whole gambit of of flavor profiles, and this one is our lighter, crisp one. And I do think that what what I've noticed just in the last decade is it used to be if you brought a six pack of beer to a to a party you're you were the beer snob that showed up and <laughs> now it's the norm to bring a six pack to the party but i think that the m- most people out there really don't you know people don't there's you can go get stinky raunchy cheese at any grocery store mm-hmm. yet the top selling cheese is probably, you know, American or cheddar. Velveeta. And I think that more, a larger population of people yeah. are going to be buying craft beer as time goes by. But I think that the people that want, uh, you know, a really complex flavor, a really robust flavor, whether it be food or beverage or anything, is is always going to be that more specialty pop like segment of people. So I think that there is going to be more and more... there craft beer sales from people that 10 years ago would have just bought a six pack of Bud Light. But now it's like all their friends drink craft beer and they feel like they should be drinking craft beer, but they really don't want it to be bitter. They really don't want it to be sweet. Um, so I think most of us 10 years ago, I know 10 years ago for me, I didn't take a six pack. I took a suitcase to the party. You know, it was the Bud Light or the Bud or whatever. I think we all, all <laughs> I never three took can... that much beer to a party. Yeah, I never did either, really. Because usually <laughs> the party was at my house, party, so it was already there. The party had that beer available. Right, it was there. there. So what kind of party was this, man? Yeah. <laughs> bring bring <laughs> no your own joke, 30 It's not that kind of party. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Just a suitcase checking. of Bud Light. So, Ian, um, so the Colts is your number one seller. I asked you to bring extra Scottish ale, and you were kind of surprised at that. Uh, I know Joe was because you know I pride myself and myself in the amount of hops that I drink. Yes, but is that a new style? An extra Scottish ale? Fresh one. I it's I love your Scottish ale, and I love it for a few different reasons. First, it's got a great flavor, but secondly, it's only five and a half percent. And I know Joe gets 
gets a kick out of people overusing the word sessionable or session in general. But, but that's, it's, that's sessionable. But it's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it we is. Should put like, session on the on the label for that. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> Scottish 2.0. So, but you can like I can have a few of these, and and I was telling you before we went on the air, it it's this one, your White Street Scottish and Malty by Nature from Southern Pines that. I just, I really think they're both dynamite beers. They're really tasty. What, what do people need to know about a Scottish ale that that they might not know? I think the biggest misconception with Scottish ale is that they think that it's related to Scotch mm-hmm. and that it's going to be, you know, seven plus, maybe nine plus percent alcohol. Um, and so I think that there are not many breweries making the. There are not many breweries making the. Um, 60 70 80 shilling style so this is actually an 80 shilling by the numbers which is really just uh gravity so um people think scotch beer scotch ale is a uh, high gravity and our our scottish is five and a half and i think that you know it's really an amber ale there's times where we said man should we have just put amber ale on the label mm-hmm. um but yeah i I've, I was at the Great American Beer Fest serving the Scottish Ale, and a guy came up, you know, wearing his uh, dark broom glasses, and he had his notebook and 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 his hipster beard. And the, <laughs> I mean, I'm looking, and, and I'm thinking, oh man, this guy probably knows a lot about beer. I mean, just look at him. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Your Scottish Ale is not to style." Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. He said, "No, it's not. Scottish Ales must be above seven percent alcohol." And uh, no, no. Actually, we entered this into the competition <laughs> in the style for an eighty shilling, which is you know. Well, 5%. tell us the dif- the difference. You you mentioned the you know sixty seven eighty shilling. What what is that? What so just so so people listening know that sure. might not understand. Yeah. So um, the <clears throat> the traditional way to brew Scottish was that they made one big mash, and as they laudered the wort from that mash, uh, you're you're sparging or you're rinsing it. So what happens is you start with really, really thick, uh, you know, sugars, and then it gets thinner over time. So that's how all beer is brewed. But we typically we put it all into the kettle mm-hmm. and it all just mixes together. And it's the gravity that we specified in the recipe. With the Scottish ales, uh, they would collect it in different portions. And so the more sugar you have, the more body and alcohol it's going to get. So they would actually. Um, they would label it based on the price of of, of the <laughs> right. beer. So more alcohol, more expensive. So yeah. So the so a wee heavy is actually like a one hundred and twenty shilling or mm-hmm. something. This is an eighty. And uh, I w- went to Scotland when I was eighteen, and uh, went into the pubs. And you know, you'd you'd go in and it'd, it'd be all one brewery. It's pretty much like, it's like always a tap takeover there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> Come and every day's a, ta- a tap takeover. You, you'd go in and there'd be the sixty next to the seventy next to the eighty, and if you ask, well, what what's the difference? They'd say this one's three point eight, this mm-hmm. one's four point three, this one's five. Right. Yeah. It's just so so basically as that as the wort uh, becomes closer to water, right? right? I mean, it just weakens the beer. So so the lower the shilling count, the the lighter the light. Well, the less alcohol and and. To an extent, the less flavor that that's going to be in that beer. Although correct? now I'm more cu- sessionable, more yeah. sessionable. Now job. I'm curious, how did the conversation end with the hipster beer bro? After you kept explaining to him, no, oh, he, oh, he was is- right for sure. Oh, so he walked away knowing he was right. <clears throat> yes. Oh, okay. good. That's yeah. you know what? He, but, that's true to character. But he he made his point, and okay. uh, and his point came across. So, 
I learned a lesson that day, and and then and then we moved on. Then you moved on. Well, to the next hey, day. it's good to learn something new every I guess, day. Yeah. I guess that's the case. I always love a good hipster beer bro story. It's always my <laughs> favorite. <laughs> kind of like yours from Dogfish Head. Uh, well, you were the <laughs> hipster. <laughs> not you were the hipster beer bro. Mm. I was not a you hipster were the beer bro, bro that in day. that dogfish story. Okay, so Ian has no idea what we're talking about. Over the summertime, uh, I went up to Delaware, where my wife's family is from, and we went to Milton and we took a tour of the Dogfish Head Brewery, and they had just come out with the 120s, so very exciting. What a time to be alive, right? So, uh, so you know, I dropped my $43 for a four-pack and everything else, and then we did the tour, and he starts explaining things. But, you know, the whole point of the Dogfish Head Brewery is that they're kind of like too cool for school kind of a thing, yep. and they're making, you know, dated references to Oh Me So Hoppy, which is like one of their continuous hopping you know, pieces of equipment or whatnot. Uh, there was Sir Hops a lot, you know, th- these types of things. So they got around to explaining the 120. And the guy goes, does anybody know why um, it's so expensive? And I just, con- nobody said anything. I go, because you can? You know, like, whatever. He goes, no, 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 no. You know, it's the hops. So that's when I started going, okay, well, where are these hops from? Why are they more expensive than the other hops? And he got annoyed when I actually started digging deeper. These guys keep making fun of me because of <laughs> I just had simple questions. It Come was, on, man, you up. know, the first the first response was snarky. I admit, yes. But then I backed up after he shot me a look and I actually started trying to ask legitimate questions. He still wasn't having it. Yeah. So he's like, I'm just a tour guide, bro. It's like, dude, I don't have answers. dude, I, I'm not here. I just looked the part. I'm just making sure that uh, that we get. Through we're actually this. coincidentally, we're going to have him on as a guest next week and and really get to the bottom. Oh, of this uh, thing. Yeah, that'll, that'll be fun. <laughs> that'll be fun. Awesome. Hey, we're flying him in from Delaware. It's going to be great. All right. So you've got. Uh, all right. So we've talked about the Scottish sessionable and we talked about the Kolsch sessionable. Uh, let's talk about Emma Lynn, which is your new beer. You just brought a yeah. six pack of that, and this is your uh, Belgian style blonde. So that's right. Um, now, this is something that is new in bottles. Is this something that you guys have been experimenting with at the tap room? What's the story behind this one? Yeah, we brewed a few batches of this uh, so far, and we just called it the Belgian Blonde. Okay. And uh, we always wanted to put a brand on it, put it in bottles, and uh, we've only been in our new production facility for about a year and a half. Okay. So it took us about this long to kind of get comfortable and say, hey, let's let's bring on a new beer. So. Uh, we did brew a few batches, if anyone remembers the Belgian Blonde in our tap room um, previous years. And uh, we're now taking it on as a year-round. Why exactly Belgian Blonde? Just why? It's funny. I'm, I'm the, the reason I'm asking you this is you guys already have the Kolsch, right? Mm-hmm. So to the novice beer drinker, to that guy who likes the Bud Light and you're trying to convert them, you say, oh, here's this Kolsch, try this. Why would you do a style that is another lighter style like that. Sure. I think, well, all of our beers, like I said, we like them to be sessionable, um, and this fits in that portfolio. But none of the beers that we have really accentuate that uh, fermentation side of things. Everything's you know pretty clean. The, the point with the Scottish is the malt. The point with the Hoptimus is the hops. And uh, But there are people that like esters and phenols that come from fermentation. Uh, wheat beers, a lot of wheat beers, Hefeweizens. Mm-hmm. Belgian beers, and uh, yes, it is similar in you know color and I guess drinkability to the Kolsch, but it brings a completely different flavor profile with that yeast. So we just felt like you know that was sort of the missing element in our in our por- portfolios. We really weren't appealing to the wheat beer or you know Belgian category. 
Well, that makes sense. So what what do people really need to know about this thing? Is it is it available yet or? Um, it's going to be available. We're actually doing our release uh, at our um, at the downtown Wake Forest Friday Night on White event on the 9th. And uh, one of the first times you'll be able to drink it is at uh, Biracana. Biracana. Sweet. On the 10th, which is next Saturday, in case nobody heard about this, you can buy your tickets at Biracana.com. What is this? Right, Joe? That is correct. Yes, it's Biracana. Oh. Biracana.com. Yes. Cool. Download the app. Yes. Get your VIP tickets. Yes, now. so Emmeline will be there. I'm trying to pull one of these out of here, and I don't know. It got stuck, so I'm going to crack one open and taste it while you two are asking Ian questions. I want right. to taste the beer. Yeah, oh, I want to taste the. Uh, I want to. I want to taste the beer as well. But here's here's the thing that I want to know. Um, we often talk about you know what Raleigh's doing. We talk about what Durham's doing. I know these two like to goof with me about Holly Springs and everything else. The one town we really don't hear about, even though I do know cool things are happening, it's Wake Forest. And you guys being right there in the middle of downtown have been kind of part of that. So Absolutely. what kind of what kind of demographic is coming to White Street? Uh, I mean it's very much a a, a local neighborhood taproom. I mean it's it's I think Wake Forest um has, has never really been a destination place and uh putting a brewery in there is definitely going to help that but it's it's locals who come in and uh, it's it's it is a suburbia mm-hmm. outside of the raleigh area um but yeah we get a lot of folks that uh that come in that say yeah yeah this is where i grew up okay like, it seems to be a place where people grew up um, and then they just kind of come back for it. Yeah, like like whenever I see some guy come in with a say a dogfish head shirt and a hipster beard, it's usually <laughs> it's usually like yeah he lives in downtown Raleigh or Durham or yeah. Charlotte, but his parents live in North, North Hills. North. Oh, so that's so they come back over that area. <laughs> but we have a we have a really supportive community there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been it's been an amazing experience with the pub uh, in in downtown Wake Forest. I think there's a little skepticism if it would if it would really be a great location as um you know the 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 town needed a little revitalization yeah because i I, what's interesting to me is it's not like because i've seen the resurgence just right off of capitol boulevard Mm -hmm. um so you've got like the mellow mushroom and you've got a couple of other restaurants back in the area i'll give a shout out to tropical pick and chicken which is like a cuban puerto rican dominican place, place kind of wedged into an industrial park you know uh, so there's some cool things out there, but not in downtown. I mean, the last time I was in downtown Wake Forest, it almost seemed like it was a there's a uh, there's like an antique shop like right around the corner. It almost seems like there'd be an older demographic that's kind of there for the day, doing a little shopping, enjoying you know the little area. They got the the hot dog places like right next door to you. Yep. Um, and then you know would they go into a into a pub essentially? Sure. Well, it's a seminary town. And yeah. the uh, the Baptist Seminary is is right behind the brewery, and I think there was some question: should we should a pub even go in this town, or is it going to be just like booted out? Yeah, and uh, it's definitely not been the case. I think I think it started out a, a little bit slow at first, but if you look at um, you know just the business that we were doing in the last, we're about to celebrate our fourth year um, anniversary, and it's it's crazy how much it's grown and, and how popular it's become. Although it is funny where Wake Forest, the university used to be, which was there. That's you know the seminary school, and that's the background behind of it. it Wake Forest, the the university now in Winston Salem, has completely gone against its roots, and now they're selling beer stadium wide. So I mean, imagine a world where Wake Forest is the first ones to do that around here, uh, in the state of North Carolina. So the other thing that I've got, okay, so 
you've got your bottles, and I'm, en- I'm enjoying the the MLN. Um, what about one-offs? Uh, are these things that you can only get at the taste at the tasting room, the brew pub itself, uh, or are these things that maybe you know Adam might want to get a keg of to bring out to the mason jar for a? Yeah, we have at the pub. We have a ten barrel brew house there, uh, as opposed to the production facility mm-hmm. where it's a thirty barrel. And uh, right now, everything that goes out to the market is brewed on the thirty barrel. So whenever we do a one off at the pub, it, it, as it is now, we it remains at it the remains pub. at the pub. Okay, yes. gotcha. Well, speaking of one offs, are we ever going to see Koshai again? Possibly. Yeah, you have to find Koshai. <laughs> you can come to my house and find some. <laughs> <laughs> you still have some. Of I do. I thought we drank that last bottle of the bottle share back in January. I think I'm aging that too, right? Dude, that's a beer that needed some age on it. That thing had a little heat to it. Yeah. yeah. But it was delicious. It's with, a big with, beer. Yeah. Like a year later, it was awesome. Um, we are so, we, we are planning on another uh, Koshai release later this year. So has it? does that mean it's been brewed and it's just like hanging out? Yeah. Or? It's, it's hidden on an island in a rock and a needle, something like Fantastic. that. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Well, uh, so if you don't know what we're talking about, Koshai the Deathless is your Russian Imperial Stout. That's like, what, 14.1 or something? Uh, 13%. 13%. Only 13. It's a big one. Is it, it's not barrel-aged, though, is it? It is. It yep. is barrel-aged. It's bourbon barrels. Okay, so. What kind of barrels you putting it in? Um, bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, they're, I believe it's Heaven Hill. Ooh, yes. Okay, nothing That's wrong tough. with that. Yeah, absolutely. So, so. How can we find out about that? I'm sure that'll be all over social media and stuff when you guys decide to release yeah, that. I don't believe a, an actual release date has. Okay, been so decided. so that's definitely one to pay attention to because that's that's a really September 10th really would be a beer. great day to release that. That would be. <laughs> it would be. It's a great day to do anything. That's right. Related. Absolutely. So when you guys moved into your production facility, uh, and it's a huge place. I haven't been out there yet, but I understand it's like ninety six thousand square feet. Uh, fifty six. Fifty six. I knew it was yeah. a, a six in there. Huge. By, by any yeah, it was like a 66,000. 56,000 square one feet million. is makes you guys probably one of the larger uh, craft breweries in the state, probably one of the larger in the southeast. What's your uh, what's your production right now, Barrels, and where do you see it going over the next two to, two to five years? Sure. Um, we are roughly in the seven 8,000 barrel per year range right now, and you can comfortably brew a barrel, or what is it, uh, a barrel per square foot per year i think is the rough estimate so fifty thousand barrels comfortably um however if you go out and look around breweries get another 50 percent out of that pretty easily so the building really could sustain i'd say over seventy thousand barrels of production um where we're going really just depends on opening markets and buying tanks which is how we designed it a lot of times growth relies on a lot of other things like Buying out your neighbors, tearing down the walls, um, right? Re- replacing the ceiling. So we don't have any of those restrictions. So it really is just going to be a cool. How, where are we at now? Are we are we ready to take a jump into the next state over? How many tanks do we have to buy for that? Uh, so uh, until all those meetings take place, it's hard to speculate. But we we have the space for it. It shouldn't be hard. I think that that if all goes well, um, you should be able to see White Street growing at a at a pretty solid rate and part of that is that we've got a, a big brew house we've got a big building so the the growth isn't going to be that difficult so where are you guys now are you all of north carolina are you outside of north carolina uh yeah we're we're statewide okay cans uh bottles, we do have space Joe. for cans um so we uh when we put in the bottle filler mm-hmm. it ended up being a little bit tougher and more expensive than we had hoped so we uh <laughs> we, we wanted to come out with cans uh, already at this okay. point 
Uh, so so it, it had to get pushed off and delayed a little bit. Okay. But uh, I, I do believe that, that Colshan cans will happen at some point. Uh, it's hard to say when. What? So when you do that, are you going to still have the bottles around, or are you going yes. to get rid of them? Yeah, I think bottle, bottles are here to stay. We won't, we, the we, won't, we won't get rid of the bottles. That makes a lot of sense. So as you mentioned, you you just came across your, your coming up on four years uh, being open, and every every brewery that we talk to always has a, a different kind of business plan. Some want to get out as much as they possibly can, as quick as they can. Others just kind of take their time. I mean, the two perfect examples of this, one would be Lone Rider, which from like from the jump, they just wanted to be in as, as many places as they possibly could, uh, even with the canning and everything else, to Trophy in Raleigh, where they took their sweet time to open up a bigger facility and just now getting around to cans. So with you guys, is this just, was it always a uh, was this always in the plan? Was it playing it by ear, just kind of where things are headed, and then you make your decision on a yearly basis? Uh, when White Street started, it was strictly just a pub in downtown Wake Forest. Okay. Uh, there was no no growth plan uh, for production, and um, I think you know the beer was good. Things were going really well, and uh, uh, Dino, the owner, saw the opportunity to 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 grow the brand and the and the brewery, and so he took it. And uh, we do. You know, we I think ultimately we would like to fill up our space and mm-hmm. make fifty plus thousand barrels a year. Uh, but as far as you know, the growth rate that we're planning on, we've you know done some research and uh, about you know going deep or going wide, and uh, meaning you know getting as much sales out of a particular market yeah. b- before you jump into the next market. And I think we philosophically believe that that is the right way to do it. So. Uh, our growth may not, you know, be so fast that suddenly we're just taking over five states because I, we want to feel that we've put all the resources into the markets that we currently have and um, and done the best that we can in those markets. So, uh, you know, step number one is grow sales in current markets before jumping out. I think the the going wide strategy is, hey, I sold a couple cases in, you know, here and so if i open up over here and here then that's three times more cases but the problem is if you don't you know if you don't hire a sales rep in that mm-hmm. area if you don't you know make the make your existing accounts in that market feel loved then uh your sales will never be great and so what can happen is you know every time you open up a market oh we filled inventory in 100 stores look at all these beer sales well then long term you're not going to keep getting that return so um, but I think one of the, uh, you know, white street, we're not going to, we're not just going to knee jerk and say, Oh, the, you know, the sales aren't as great as we thought this year. So let's just open up South Carolina right. you know, where it'll, it'll be more, more calculated. Than it's that. funny. Wayne and I have had that conversation several times, uh, just, just about, you know, we're in a unique perspective that we actually sit back and kind of pay attention to what a lot of breweries do around here and the way they I think they call it armchair quarterbacking. Oh, absolutely. From the standpoint. But we're damn good at it. Absolutely. Like, we're awesome at yes. it. Like I, I feel like I'm a really good person that can tell people what to do, who, who, but I've never done it before. <laughs> really, right. It's really easy when it's not your money, too. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Love, I love yeah. doing that. Love I got lots that. of suggestions oh, yeah. for you. Oh, yeah. As long as you're yeah, spending your money. It is an interesting conversation that we've we've had several times. Just different breweries have have some uh, They really do, and I think- different uh, ways of doing things that we might not agree with, but you guys- we agree. I think 100%. within a three block, awesome. a three block uh, span in Asheville, there on Hilliard Avenue, you've got Highwire, and you've got the other end of that down at uh, by the Orange Peel, you've got the original Wicked Weed. And you look at Highwire when when they took over that facility from Craggy, they immediately wanted to be statewide, 
and and they did a great job of putting it out there. Wicked Wheat, on the other hand, they opened up that brew pub, and I'm not sure they realized what they had when they did that. But they have had a very controlled growth, uh, even with their sour facility and their production facility. And they've got a, a 50,000 square foot, I believe, production facility um, out, outside of town. But they didn't just saturate the market. They've been very – and they're going out of state in, in specific markets. I think they're in Boston now. They're in Denver. Atlanta. They just opened up Atlanta. Uh, so they are being very strategic, and I think that's probably where you guys – same thought. Absolutely. Yeah. Joe, are you joining us? Are you distracted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just sports things, sporty things. It's, sports you know, it's ball. Opening day of football. So. <laughs> no, it's sports ball. Um, I am speaking of sports ball, and where I was actually going to go. Ian doesn't watch sports. With this, no, that's why I'm bringing. We it love up. him anyway. <laughs> so uh, your last name is Van Gundy. It is okay. You're related to Jeff and Stan Van Gundy, yes. Un- unofficially, yes. Unofficially, yes. but like there's a connection. Is that you're not claiming them, or you're just not for what sure? Do you mean unofficially? <laughs> what, what, How's what it unofficially? I can't, I can't describe the connection. You I've, said your I've, dad I've looked been, like I've Jeff. Been, I've been told by family members that we are in fact related, and 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 yeah, they look. Y'all need we, to expand that family we, reunion we, and bring we, them. We in. all look like Van Gundys. You can. Uh, you can if, if you look at my my dad, look at your dad and my, my uncles uh, they're they're they all, look like Jeff and Stan. Yep, exactly. <laughs> all right, see, because I'm thinking like next part. Jeff and Stan. Jeff and Stan don't even don't look like, like they right. Don't, they don't. They don't. But I look they at both of look, them and I'm like, oh, that looks like looks like, like a family. It's like Felix right, and okay. Oscar, man. You've got you know Jeff over here yeah. and you've got right. Stan over here, and it's like not even. Because I'm just thinking, you know, for, as part as as part of the growth plan, I mean, it would be killer to have a van. Speaking of doing stuff with other people's money, yeah. Now now I'm armchair. You've got an okay. in. I'm I mean, I'm just thinking to myself, you got an in in Detroit, right? I mean, Stan right now is the head coach of the Detroit Pistons. You know, maybe uh, maybe you kind of get a bottle in his hand. I don't know. Just I'm just thinking for yeah. you here. Just thinking he, for you. And you judging by him, Gundy. he looks like he look likes good food and good drink. <laughs> oh yes, he does. <laughs> Probably, oh yes, yeah, he does. Yeah. Oh yes, he does. And next time uh, Jeff Van Gundy rolls through town, I mean, he's doing NBA coverage. There's no reason why you can't go to a Hornets game on an ABC ESPN broadcast. I'm like, hey, you know, special shout out Wake Forest, uh, White Street. Got to make this happen. Yeah, Use the family to, connection. I, I just have to hope I'm not like the tenth Van Gundy to send an email. <laughs> hey, so you might not remember me. Yeah, <laughs> we're kind of brothers. Yeah, but, but 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 you have something probably they don't have. You brew beer. Yeah, that is, I, I mean, do have beer. Yeah, yeah. But you, so you're not inter- interested in sports at all. That's just not your thing. Which is fine. It's okay. I'm not one of those guys that you know says, "Oh, you guys are talking about football. Screw that." Uh, but no, I don't. I don't. I don't really. Uh, I like I that voice, though. <laughs> I, wish, <laughs> I, I wish you were more of that guy. <laughs> I, I yeah I, yeah we all we all know the guys just like ah they're watching sports. Right. sports I'm, I'm not. Ball. I'm not. I'm not, roll. I'm not that guy. Yeah, that's but like the. the I just you, don't. I don't put put aside any time in my life to to watch TV. Really, well, you got a oh, young oh, child. So you're you're worse. Now we've gone into the other kind of hipster, bro. Yeah, you are. I don't have TV guy. I I, I like to do authentic things. Oh. Wow, real, real wow. things. Wow. Wow. <laughs> hey, no. Ian, He's, put your shoes back on and get the hell out of here. So, so, He's all about the experience, not the uh, <laughs> I, possession. I, I, I can't grow a beard, so I have to overcompensate. So you're churning wow. your own butter. Uh, <laughs> you're uh, you're going for artisanal. Um, meals and ingredients and those oh, types of things. I do eat meat, but but I must know the name and uh, the name of, of the, the animal. Yeah, so you yeah. go full Portlandia on that. <laughs> yes. Okay, well, at least we've got that yeah. in common. Yes. But one the thing dream you of do, the 90s. one thing you do very well, I might add, you're a runner. I am. So how's that? Uh, how talk to me about this because we really haven't touched on this for a little while. Mm-hmm. You know, the I've always liked to t- well, more when I was. I don't consider myself a runner these days. It's been a little while, but there's a lot of overlap between the craft beer community, at least here locally in the Triangle, 
and across the state, I'd say, and and craft beer and and running. So, when you're training for races and things like that, what's your what's your beer consumption? What's your beer consumption like normally? And then what's, what happens like during training season? Yeah, it's a do really you drink str- a lot really of beer? Strange connection, but uh, like actually, the first the first uh, half marathon I ran, there was free beer whenever you get to the finish line, and I and even as a brewer, I thought that was really strange. I was like. I, these people drink beer. Yeah, I mean, I know aren't I drink you already beer, but like I, I remember that when I beer. first started training for for one of my races, I was like, "Aren't I just going to get more dehydrated?" Yeah, but yeah. like my 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 first marathon, I think we spent like two hours in the beer tent. Yeah, I, I will say that I I don't I don't you know overconsume uh, you know alcohol at all whenever I'm training, but I still drink you know a beer or two every day or or three, but. Um, well, it's yeah. quality quality assurance. But yeah, if you know you drink a six pack every night, you're gonna have a really hard time with training. And uh, if I if I have an evening run, um, uh-huh. I have to really be careful. Like if I'm tasting beer, or you know, sitting down with you guys and having a beer, right. I, have, I have an eight miler I'm doing this evening. Gotcha. So uh, so I have to make sure that I'm drinking a glass of water too after I drink that beer if I'm drinking beer. But yeah, the de- the dehydration is really the main thing, especially in the summer because you're sweating right. gallons. But um, the the rest of the ingredients aren't so bad. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's good carbs and calories in beer, and I actually think that might be part of the connection. I've even spoken to another runner who said uh, that if you tend to drink a few beers every night throughout your training, uh, a mistake that you can make is, oh, well, you know, my big race is coming up, and so, you don't drink the night so, before. Like, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to drink this week at all, right? And then you just cut your your carb in- true. intake down. And so, so yeah, you're not supposed to change anything before the race. And um, whenever I travel and go to races, you know, if, uh, anytime I travel, I always go to the whatever the main you know right. local brewery is. Of course. And uh, if you're going to a town where there's a marathon on Sunday morning, you go to the brew pub on Saturday. Saturday like yeah. everyone there is wearing like running shoes. Of course they are. Right. It's all yeah. the all the, all the runners are there. So you're training for Chicago now, right? I am. Yeah. So when is that's around City of Oaks times? That uh, beginning it, it's of November? a little earlier. It's October. 9th. Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah, right. So it I've, is I've, New York is uh, ing. I think is sorry. We're run nerding out. Um, but anyway, good luck at that. Yeah, that's about exciting. Five weeks. So, so anything else we need to cover before we say goodbye that you want people to know about? Um, yeah, mostly just wanted to talk about Emmeline. We're we're really proud of it. I think it's uh, I think it fits the White Street profile, and I think that also. It, it 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 offers a different flavor and a different angle. Um, I also like to kind of talk about the bre- the brewer's side of it. I'm really excited for myself and the brewing team because we um, we're really into our yeast because you know we're brewers and uh, we finally get to have a, a Belgian yeast. All, all of the Belgian beers I've made in the past were one offs, so you know I'd get a Belgian yeast built up and I'd use it and then I'd throw it away. So we actually get to reuse our yeast with this because we need more more beer. So mm-hmm. um, I, I expect I, I'm I'm excited about uh, us as a brewery learning more about Belgian brewing and um, continuing to make this beer you know just a little bit better every time we make it as we learn you know the right temperatures, the right aerations, and the right processes for this yeast because it is a yeast forward beer. Uh, you don't have to change the recipe to change the uh, the profile. It's all. You know how healthy is your yeast? When did you reuse it? So we're 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 really excited as brewers to uh, to have this beer. So I hope that uh, I hope that everyone continues to enjoy it. I, we're, we're, we really like it. One thing, if I might add this, I think we were talking about this before the air when you were once again giving me a hard time about freshness, fresh and IPAs. Uh, Ian, can you, fresh I, I just like everybody Springs. here. 
<laughs> I'd like everybody to hear what you said. What did you say about IPAs and freshness coming from the brewer standpoint? Yeah, point? so well, yeah, we 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 brew an IPA, and uh, <laughs> actually, our IPAs are a lot of times some of our better beers, some of our one-off IPAs. Um, I I thought were just phenomenal, and I'm I'm usually the last person to say a beer that I was involved in is phenomenal. I'm I'm, I'm my own worst critic. But it's got to be fresh, right? But man, yeah. So uh, you know, every every week we've got another batch of IPA, and um, and we have a little kegerator in the brewery. And if there's a keg from the last batch, I'm like, get this out of here. Let's get the new batch on. And the reason See, Joe is there's a there's about a two week window where there's a certain character from that hop, and I don't know how to describe it. It's a freshness thing, but there's about a two week window where it just has this character. And after about two weeks, it starts to change. And anytime I go and buy beer at the store, uh, which you know most days of the week. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, an, an IPA that's a couple months old is is fantastic. If it comes from a good brewery and they didn't mess it up, it's a great beer, and I have no problem drinking. Which is the two, whole point two, of month old IPA. They're supposed to last. That's I, I, the whole point. Yeah, I love a two month old IPA, but whenever it's like two weeks old, it's yeah. just a little bit different. All right, only two months. Wayne, how, how many are you said <laughs> only two months? Only two months. Wayne looks like he just woke up and like said that. It's just only two huh? I have worked through beavers and ducks. So even with all of the brew public beer we get, and I don't always drink my my stash that week, but this time of year, I mean, I'll drink a little bit of anything, but I truly do when I come in from work in the afternoon, I want to grab something with some hops or pellel, something with some bite to it. And I'm having a scrounge to find something. I mean, I've got a lot of stuff that, I'm, that I've aged and a lot in the cellar, and, and i got two refrigerators full in the garage. It's, it's almost all dark beer. There's, yeah. So I'm not aging any IPAs right now. You're drinking them. Look I'm at you. I'm drinking them, man. Wayne. I know, right? Drinking them. I think people are finally not aging IPAs anymore. It was people were doing that for a while. Oh yeah, I've got this double IPA from three years ago. Well, my problem was Ian is that I would I had so much stuff that it would get shoved. Like, yeah, it gets backlogged. When we, yeah. we moved yeah. back in February, the firstest of world problems. I found six plenty of the elders in the back of the refrigerator in the basement. I'm like, oh my gosh, six uh, of these things. You know what it took me to get these? So, yeah, first it wasn't intentional for Wayne. It was. What happens to pumpkin beer if I've aged it for like two years? It doesn't you know, change. The, the, well, <laughs> it's still spice. Some, is still spice. Yeah, it's it's spice. spicy. Still spicy. Okay. I well, think I, I still have. You know, that's ice. interesting because they're selling pumpkin last year's version and this year's version right now. Right. So, so. I had the note of gorgeous a couple of days ago and tagged Joe on the uh, no, Twitter. Saw that. No. Joe didn't even acknowledge no. it. No, he didn't. He didn't nope. Even, and it was, it was not no. Time for I, that. I got all the way through it. I really did. Nope. Um, not, not having big, it yet. I'll I'm, have it. Just not having it right I'm now. I'm not a big pumpkin fan, but I did enjoy that one. Well, Ian, thanks for coming in. Uh, everybody go out and check out White Street in, uh, in in your favorite locations where you buy Grab beer. some Imolin. And better yet, go to the pub in downtown Wake Forest. All right, what do we got coming up next week? So next week, you know, is is Puricana week. Hadn't heard. So uh, I think it's just going to be basically Wayne and me patting ourselves on the back. Most of the time. All right. Well, Actually, we're going to run down <laughs> all seventy-three breweries. We're going to go really that? quickly. We're going to go through breweries, food trucks, uh, but okay. we're going to talk a lot about our sponsors as <laughs> we well. And cool. uh, we do have a f- uh, Bo's Kitchen's going to be bringing food in, so we're going to chat awesome. with him for a couple minutes. Too. Uh, keep in mind, you can listen to old nine one nine beer podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the WRL Sports Fan app. So go check that out. We'll see you all next week when Adam and Wayne will just make sweet, sweet beer love to each other. <laughs> Cheers. 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 Cheers.
You've been listening to the 919 Beer Podcast on 99.9 The Fan. Brought to you by Beer Akana Craft Beer and Music Festival on Saturday, September 10th. Tickets at BeerAkana.com. Tune in next Saturday at 8 a.m. for more beer, food, and fun with Joe Ovius, Wayne Holt, and Adam Eshbaugh. And don't forget, you can download the show anytime at WRALSportsFan.com and on our new WRAL Sports Fan app in the iTunes and Google Play stores. 